Next Talk, sponsored by nexttalk.org, contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim. Every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Today we're talking about attitude and body changes. Oh, no. Attitude. You know that. <laughs> the sass. Oh, the eye roll. Mm-hmm. Or the, the just the look of, are you stupid, mom? The oh, tone. my gosh. The tone. The tone. I myself am bad at the tone. Yeah, I think all of us. Oh, so, you know, all teens have attitude. I will just be honest. I love how they, you're saying teens because that makes me feel ki- like, kids. All kids. <laughs> all kids. <laughs> it reaches a peak. Yes. At teens. I mean, though, I even guess. good kids. Oh, because absolutely. they got a lot going on in their body yes. and they're trying to process a lot. Yes. And I really want to talk about that today because I think a lot of times the teen attitude can cause so much division between the parent and the child. Absolutely. And so we really need to have our guard up and we need to have a plan on how do we handle this because it is going to happen. It's not an option. You can't, you can't say there will be no sass. Yeah. Um, it will happen. And just like everything, we have a strategy and we also have like the book knowledge yeah. um, behind it. I think that gives us the ability to be a little more empathetic and navigate through it more successfully. Yes, absolutely. You know, I did some research for my book about this because in my mind I'm thinking, okay, you know, when it happens in my household, okay, my kid's going through some hormonal changes and mm-hmm. I need to understand that because mm-hmm. it helps me have a little bit more empathy. Absolutely. Now, it doesn't mean that she gets a free pass or he gets a free pass, but it does allow me to respond better because I have a little bit more understanding of, okay, this is what their body's going through. So first, I want to kind of go through that okay? because I think that's a really great point. Um, Okay, so there's this book that I found when I was writing my own book, and it's called Middle School, The Inside Story. Mm. It's a great little book, um, and I love the authors talk about middle school. And kids in middle school being in, this is what their quote, the bubble. Okay. Okay. So the bubble is something that we as parents must recognize because as middle school, their whole world revolves around them. Mm-hmm. They're very self-centered. Yes. Everything is, anything that happens is, oh my gosh, this is life changing. The end of the world. You know, if somebody wears the same outfit as you yes. to the dance. Yes. Life it's is over. never going to be the same again. Yeah. And I know we dismiss that so you know, it's just funny because we're older and we know that that's really not going to matter in five years. Yes. But just understanding where they come from and understanding that bubble. Um, the authors of this book have uh, some tips on how to handle the bubble, mm-hmm. and which I love. One is um, don't battle the bubble. Yeah. You know, recognize it and recognize that it's going to disappear mm-hmm. when they grow out of this. Yes. So that is... The bubble will pop. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Kim. There is hope. Um, the other thing is when you're giving your kids direction, mm-hmm. repeat it. Because often they're not listening to you. They're thinking about all the stuff that they have to do that, sure. because it, they're self-centered. Yes. You know, like, what am I going to wear? And you're giving out all these orders. Yes. So repeat yourself over and over again or have them repeat it back to you. And I'd like to add, make eye contact. Um, make eye well, unless you're driving. Oh, well, that yeah. would be bad. That's a that's whole other problem. But yeah. that's good. That's good. <laughs> yes, I bring that up because I remember reading about little ones. Same thing. It's like they mm. recycle. 
you know, they start little and they have these issues. They're like in a bubble and then they kind of grow out of it for a minute. And then middle school, it comes back. Yeah. And I read this thing about communicating, repeat yourself, have them repeat it back and make eye contact because most likely they do not hear you the first three times. Yeah. So that's helped a lot. Well, you know, and in my house, too, when I was researching this and I read this book, again, it's called Middle School, The Inside Story. After I read it, I told my teenager about it. Mm -hmm. I was like, do you think that you have a bubble? And we kind of had a conversation about it. And what's funny is when she loses her train of thought in a conversation Mm -hmm. or there's a long dramatic pause because her (laughs) mind is going somewhere else, I'll look at her and I'll kind of joke and I'll be like, is the bubble going on now? And it's kind of like our joke now. Yes. Because it's so funny, like when we're saying our bedtime prayer, sometimes she'll be like in her prayer and then it just stops. And like five (laughs) minutes goes by and I don't know if she's like having a moment with God or she's like thinking about homework. And so I'll say, sis, is the bubble going on? She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then she'll get back on track, you know? I love that. Um, But just like creating conversation about the bubble. So they're kind of aware of it too. Absolutely. Like I got these hormones going on in my brains under construction and like all of that stuff I think is good conversations to have. You know, it's funny. My husband is a vice principal at middle school, and so we're always talking about middle school culture and what they're like. And two of the conversations he has most often with parents, which, quite frankly, he says, pick up and drop off time is like the time when parents want to talk. They stand there, and whether it's raining or there's a snowstorm or whatever, it's like they start the morning off with all these emotions and questions, and they end the morning. So he's always standing out in the driveway having these conversations about middle schoolers. And one that comes up a lot is kind of like the bubble, but they say, I feel like my child is two years old and 20 mm. all at the same time. Yeah. And he says, that's sixth grade. Yeah. That is middle school, the beginning of middle school. They want to be a baby and they feel so unsure of themselves and they want to be coddled and taken care of and walk through every little thing. But they also want to be an adult. And be independent. And be independent. Yeah. And so they l- are living in this very weird space. Mm-hmm. And that is the word most used by people who have middle schoolers. Weird. Yeah. They're like aliens. And it's I mean, I look at my middle school. Yes. I was totally crazy. Y- your body's crazy. Yeah. You look crazy. Your emotions are crazy. I mean, I was chasing boys and doing yes. stupid stuff. Like embarrassing, embarrassing stuff that I look back now that I'm like, I would do that. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that's a good point, Mandy, is... Just taking a minute to remember what you were like at that age. Yeah. I've even asked my mom for for a few stories, which was probably a mistake because she told them to my kids, too, and they thought it was hilarious (laughs) about my MC Hammer pants. But um, all that to say that you really need to recognize that your kids are having this high-energy emotions that are ranging from wanting to be a baby and taking care of all the way up. So they're just out of whack. Out of whack. Yeah. Well, and, you know, research shows the prefrontal cortex, which mm-hmm. is the, the, the front part of the brain. And it is, the, it is the part of the brain that's kind of responsible for impulse control. Yes. You know, decision making. Logic. So everybody's kind of on the same page now with experts. And I have all, if you want the actual research from this, I have it all in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, it is chapter 15. And I have all the, the quotes for it. But the prefrontal cortex really isn't developed fully mm-hmm. until mid-20s. So, you know, yes, we need to teach our kids responsibility. Mm -hmm. And yes, we need to guide them through that, through conversation and life example and life Mm -hmm. lessons. Mm -hmm. But we also have to recognize that that decision-making brain Mm -hmm. isn't going to be fully developed into the mid-20s. Yes. And so it's a real balance mm-hmm. because you, you need to find empathy for them and you need to understand, okay, they may not always make the best of decisions and I need to talk them through why this wasn't a good decision. Uh, and it's a balance, you know, of, of finding that because you, you don't want it to become an excuse. 
to let everything slide. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to say. I'm, tr- I'm just having a hard time getting it out, but that's what no, I really want to say. You are making a good point, and that was the number two number out of the two biggest questions that he deals with the most is, why is my kid acting this way? I thought they were better than that. I thought yeah. they knew better. Why are they making these crazy decisions or yeah. punching someone in class? All these hormones and the attitude and the tone and the weird activity. Especially boys get real yeah. violent and real aggressive. All of that stuff is rolled up into one in that it's explained in your book and you know with statistics that boys especially later in their 20s girls a little bit earlier there that prefrontal frontal cortex is just not there yeah it's not developed the way we want it to be yeah and so I think that's that head knowledge that we're talking about Mandy is having that in the back of your mind and revisiting it yeah and explaining it to your kids this is why you're feeling this way it doesn't make it right how can we work through this well and that's why at next talk you know we always we talk a lot about feelings responding yes. with feelings and yes. how that's not always necessarily the best thing I mean yeah. yes we want our kids to feel and yes mm-hmm. we want them to care and fall in love one day we want all of that for sure. them but we can't operate solely on feelings and we have a lot of conversations about that because when a bad decision is made or when there is attitude involved, mm-hmm. you know, I, that conversation of feelings, like I'm going to be, I, I say to them, look, I know your body's going crazy. Mm-hmm. I know you're angry right now and you want to just punch a wall or, you know, you want to cry all day, whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. however your kid responds. Um, but, you know, we can't really do that. We need to think yeah. logically through this. Yeah. And I get that. I yeah. get that you, your body wants to do all those things, but sometimes you can't follow through on that. And that's a great conversation too if you get this attitude thing down it it, then you walk into the sex talk when Mm -hmm. they're actually dating and stuff and that that this conversation kind of carries into that because when they're teens and they're dating and their hormones are going crazy and you can say look I know you're attracted to this person and I know that you love this person and I know that you're into you know (laughs) and you think you're going to spend the rest of your but you can't act on those feelings that physical you know you there's a boundary you can't cross and that's the, you know, the open communication we're talking about yeah. is those thoughts that you're having and those conversations you may be having with your spouse or with your friend or just in your head or as you're listening to our podcast or our radio show, you need to take that next step and have that conversation with your kid. It's yeah. not over their head. Make it yeah. appropriate for their age. I just had this conversation with my eight-year-old the other day because he's acting out with a little more aggression when yeah. he gets frustrated. Yeah. And he, it was almost like a light bulb went on for him when I explained to him why he was feeling that way and that it was okay and normal. And he was right. like, it is because I'm so angry. Yep. And it, it gave him like some validation that he wasn't crazy. Yep. And we got to talk through that and better ways to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So that's that open communication we're talking about. You get the head knowledge have the conversation think it through and then bring it to your kids so you can talk about it and what I love about that if you start this early enough you know I have a 10 year old boy so we're just yes. a little bit ahead of you yes. and we've been having these conversations and now when he will recognize when he gets angry and he will come to me and he'll be like mom I am angry like I want to do something and I'm like yes. but I'm so proud of you because now you're communicating it to me yes. you're not punching a wall or getting mad and throwing something or having attitude with me you're recognizing that you're angry and you're processing those emotions Mm -hmm. and and that's so great I mean it is I mean I wish I would have learned that Mm -hmm. at a younger age Mm -hmm. than I did I feel like I learned that at 40 and I should have learned it when I was was little like about five minutes (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um the other thing is you know just puberty in Mm -hmm. and of itself our kids are going through body changes and we need to prepare them for that yeah. You know, your girls with breast buds and periods mm-hmm. and shaving legs mm-hmm. and, you know, the natural um, body maintenance that mm-hmm. you need to do and those sort of things. You need to prepare that, prepare them for all of that. You need to say that it's normal and natural and this is what girls go through. Um, Let me just say here, I'm going to insert here, uh, you know, it's one of the things that we talk about a lot is 
please, as your kids are going through that, do not broadcast their business. Do not say, um, oh my goodness, my daughter got her breast buds today. Or shaving legs for the first time. time. Or my son needs deodorant now because he stinks. Like, please. Yeah, that's embarrassing to them. It's embarrassing. And even the way that you have the conversation is important too. Um, You know, you need to know your kid. And if they're really sensitive and embarrassed about things, make sure it's the right parent having the conversation and the right time and tone. And then it's one-on-one. You never want to create an embarrassing situation around a body change that they might feel questionable about anyway. Yeah. Um, And remember, every kid is different. This is something um, we need to keep in mind because it's real easy to say, well, this is when puberty happens between these ages or this is when they're supposed to feel this way or this is when this part of their body is going to change and it's a guideline yeah but every kid is different and you need to be paying attention because most likely you will notice it before they will and we want to be able to walk our kids through their unique changes yeah and you know with the girls too a factor into um you know um your attitude during your period like I will say I mean I use myself as an example sometimes when I'm ultra emotional or whatever you know I'll pull my teen aside and be like I am sensitive you can tell I have tone because guess what I'm getting ready to start and and this is what happens sometimes but it's still not an excuse and I will say that to her I will say it's still not an excuse for me to be mean to you or mean to be short with you or daddy or whoever um, I need to get it under control, even though I have this body thing going on. Yes. And just continually talking about that. Um, boys, let's talk about boys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything gets bigger, including their penises. <laughs> like let their penis. Well, every boy has one penis. <laughs> I said it kind of plural, right? <laughs> wow, I wasn't ready for Should that. We edit that, out? <laughs> Should we edit that out? Again, we may get kicked off the air. Um, But boys, I mean, wet dreams. Okay, let me just put this in perspective. You know, we talk about girls in their period because what if they wake up and there's blood on their sheets? We want them to be prepared for that. Or, you know, we we don't want them to be scared if it happens at school or whatever. But with boys, sometimes we just think, oh, we don't. We don't understand wet dreams as women, mm-hmm. you know, as moms. Mm-hmm. And so let's just skip over that. Yeah. And we can't mm-hmm. because just like, you know, girls waking up with blood, they could wake up and their sheets be wet and they're very confused about what just happened. Yes. And so, um, you know, I talk about this again in my book. You need to be, um, this is a weird conversation. It is. And um, maybe dad handles it. You know, um, there were some tips in our mom group that I loved um, from other moms mm-hmm. that were coming. And one of them said that they, in their household, what they did was if a boy woke up with sheet with wet sheets, there was this thing where he would go get dad and he would say, dude, I need your help. Like mm-hmm. my sheets are wet. And dad would go in there and put him in the washer mm-hmm. and mom wouldn't ask questions. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of knew ahead of time, if dad was doing sheets, then don't ask questions. Got it. And just to kind of help the boy. But yeah. then, you know, the boy had somebody, he had dad to kind of like yes. you understand mm-hmm. what I'm going here. Um, I, this one mom that I talked to who there isn't a dad in the picture. Yeah. And I thought it was great. She said, I'm not having that conversation with my son yeah. because it's too weird. And I don't know anything about it. And that was her attitude. And then she realized one day she needed to have it with him, not for her because obviously, but for him. Yeah. And just it, to be like, this just, is maybe normal. Yes. And so she got some great books about yeah. growing up and being a young man. Yeah. And she read through those. She got a few tips. And the cool thing was she didn't make it weird for him. She didn't make it like a sit down, crazy talk. 
like we talk about you know conversations can be on the go they can be real casual and that's what she did and she said hey look you know you're getting to this age here are some things that are going to happen one two and three yeah I never want you to feel embarrassed or shamed about those I'm here to help you in any way that you can when it happens let me know what you think would be best well and let's talk about shame for a minute I'm so glad you brought that up because when I was doing some my research on this you know I didn't really quite understand how to have this conversation what to say that kind of thing Dana Gresh in her book six ways to keep the good in your boy she makes a statement that kind of stuck with me and she says you know um, a boy who isn't masturbating sometimes the wet dreams is the is the actual body's way of releasing those hormones Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so you know I always thought of like wet dreams as like a negative thing I don't know why Uh, interesting I don't know why but when I read that I was like it's it's kind of a good thing because it means that you know they're not masturbating every five minutes (laughs) you know what I mean yes and so it kind of put that in perspective for me now everybody everybody's different so some boys may not ever have wet dreams and Mm -hmm. don't be alarmed and Mm -hmm. think oh my gosh my kids masturbating then because it's not always not always the case it's yeah but it's a it's another way to look at it absolutely um you know if there's the other thing is just have a conversation like if you ever wake up just you can put your clothes in the washer Mm -hmm. or your sheets in the washer and no questions asked and that way you're not uncomfortable um you know sometimes I have I have stuff in the washer already uh-huh. and so you know just a heads up for me and my family if if anybody ever asked me to put in sheets one of my kids just back off don't no don't asked. don't do like 50 questions and make them embarrassed yes. and whatever because we all know what just happened yes and so just kind of those things not making it awkward but also having a conversation about it this is natural this is yeah. your body going through some changes you know, we talked a lot on the marriage shows recently about creating a new norm. I think that's the same with each age and stage of life with your kids, is realizing there's new needs, new challenges, changes, and creating a new norm, a new set of rules, a new set of standards, so that everybody's on the same page and knows what to do. So there's not a lot of shame and confusion when these things come up. If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is listener-supported. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. If you're just now tuning in, we've covered body changes Mm -hmm. just so that we could have a little bit more empathy to what our kids are going through Mm -hmm. and the hormones that are happening. Mm -hmm. But then here's this question that we keep coming back to, Kim. Does this give them a free pass on attitude, though? Right. And it can't. Like, we've got to talk through their attitude with them. Yes. Because even though, yes, we have empathy with them on all the body changes and the brain under construction, like all these things are happening, it doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want. Correct. Because you have those feelings. And so mm-hmm. how do we have this conversation? And I will absolutely never forget when I was walking through this and I was trying to figure out how to handle this with my kid. Mm-hmm. I just was struggling. And I would try crying. Like, I can't believe you talked to me like this. <laughs> that made it all about me. Yes. That didn't work. No. Right? And there was all kinds of drama that surrounded that. Um, I, it was a trial and error. And then one time... My, my, my teen got short with me mm-hmm. and I had remember I had been praying about this for months mm-hmm. like Lord give me the proper response like I know this may look differently for everybody but what is going to work for my kid and I yeah. like I need to know and I'll never forget one day it you know the sass or the eye roll came out and um and I knew the response and it was like from the Holy Spirit mm. and I said sister I know that you're stressed right now, and I know you got a lot going on with your body. You're in middle school, and I mentioned the bubble because mm-hmm. we had talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, but you know what? I haven't been reading my Bible, and I found James 119. And it says, I should be quick to listen, 
slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And I said, right now, I want to turn into a 12-year-old and start screaming at you right now because that was not okay what you just said to me. But I'm not going to do that because God commands me to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. And she looked at me and she kind of smiled a little bit. <laughs> and then we both started laughing. Yeah. And it was just that icebreaker. like It, it released the tension. Well, and it, it showed her this is not okay. This is not how we treat people. Yes. But at the same time, it wasn't me screaming and slamming a door in her face and saying, you're never going to talk to me like this, yeah. and breaking down the lines of communication. It right. was a way to, like, like draw the line in the sand and say, that's not okay, mm-hmm. but I get it, mm-hmm. and I understand, and what does the Bible say that we should respond? Like, how should we respond? I love that because it, t- it, it caused you both to kind of take a step back. Take a minute. Take a minute. Take a breath. How many times have the counselors been on our show and yes. they've said, if you're at a 10, you need to step back yes. until you're at least at a four or five so you can have a normal conversation? It's true. And I think, you know, taking it back to setting those standards when they're young, um, some of those things that we do in our house is we say, if you're at a 10, you're at a 10 right now. I need you to be at about a two. Yep. And when you're there, let's talk about this. And then we just walk away. Because you know little people. They throw tantrums and they get yep. crazy. And that's like preparing you and molding you for what you're going to deal with when they're in Absolutely. middle school. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's the one we use a lot with our boys. And then with our daughter, she gets real sassy, even though and she's, she's three. only three. I mean, she is sad. Oh. Oh, my goodness. At and 13. Yeah, we're in trouble. you got to be working now. I know. Put and in the work now. The drama <laughs> I was not ready for with a little and girl. And she's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, she's so she's beautiful. got that at you. She has she's, those eyes. She, she gives you those big you. eyes. Yes. And she just started these tantrums. Like, it wasn't so much at two years old, but now everything is like this dramatic thing. And I have learned to slow slow down, take a breath, because I want to just be like, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, what in the world? And she will laugh if I say, put your sass. And she says, in the trash. <laughs> and that's our little saying. That's your saying. That's our saying, but it works because it it causes us both to kind of laugh. Yeah. And even though she's just a little bitty, it already has changed things. Like, yeah. if I lower my voice and calm down and I don't react the way I want to, it just changes the mood. And then we can walk through how to help her get, you know, the icing with the pink on it instead of the red that caused her to lose her mind. So it starts young. It starts young, but it's never too late to begin these kinds of things. I love that because it it tells her this is not okay. Yes. And mom recognizes it. But mm-hmm. instead of screaming at me and going ballistic and doing what I'm doing, yes. mom is responding logically. Yeah. And they're going to learn that. They model us. Mm-hmm. So they're going to learn that in a school situation, in their future work situation, in their future Absolutely. marriage. Absolutely. When emotions come out. They're going to learn to model logically and not go into all these emotions. And let's just say the follow-up of that, let's do the full circle on that, is that no one is perfect. Yeah. And we all mess it up. Yeah. And when you do, I was just telling you the other day, I was a crazy lady. I was having a moment. Yeah. I had to go back. Your emotions took over. They took over. And I remember as things were coming out of my mouth thinking, what in the world is happening? I was just having one of those crazy days. Hasn't happened in a long time. But, you know, all transparency, it was just not good. And I sat down with each of my kids later, and I said, man, wasn't that terrible? I'm so embarrassed, and I'm so, so sorry that I treated you that way, and please forgive me. Here's what I needed to have done. And they were so gracious and forgiving. And so that full circle, when we do mess up, we need to show them everyone messes up, but this is how you fix it. Mommy's still learning, too. Daddy's still still learning. learning. We're all under stress. It gives them that safe place to know what the expectation is, but they – know that if they mess mess up this is what needs to happen there's always there's always um 
forgiveness grace waiting. There's always forgiveness. grace and forgiveness. I, and I love that because you know what, when you do that with your kids when they're little, like we're at the point now, my kids are older mm-hmm. and I never have to like force them to apologize to each other. Yes, They just do it because that has been modeled for them in our home. Like mm-hmm. when me or dad mess up, we say it, yep. you know, and we're, we get to the point now where we have this thing. Uh, we have a little word too, tone. Yes. And, and somebody will say, if somebody's being short with someone or snarky or, you know, whatever, yes. um, we will say tone, that's tone. Yeah. Now that sometimes it's hard to hear yeah. because you're like, I don't have tone. Yeah. You want to scream, I don't have tone. I, did, I can have tone right now. I need to have tone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like when you're in a situation in a, in a family environment where the kids can hold the adults responsible and the adults can hold the kids responsible, yeah. then this attitude question gets a whole lot easier. Sure if does. you are humble enough to say, I have an issue with this too. Yeah. Um, I do remember that too. And when I was writing the book, when God said to me, your kid has attitude because you have attitude, Mandy. Yeah. Oh, and they're picking hear. it up from you. Mm-hmm. And I need you to fix it and mm-hmm. going to them and saying, hey, I recognize that I have this tone issue. Like where I don't call people stupid, but I will like <laughs> kind of like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> kind of like, are you stupid? Yes. You, you hear the tone. Oh, yes. And that comes out sometimes. I mean, no, Mandy, I've, I've never seen that. And <laughs> I've, you know, you, you do it most with the people you love the most because you let your guard down. Absolutely. And so you have to be careful of that. And you can tell your kids that too. One thing I love to say to my kids when they talk to me is, would you talk to a teacher like that? The mm, way you're talking to me? That's good. And they will immediately be like, oh, no. That's so good. You know, for our wrap-up segment today, let's remember, number one, body changes are real. We have to be aware of them. Tweens and teens deserve some empathy for their hormones, but it doesn't mean we let them off the hook for their attitude. Um, Two, the prefrontal cortex of the brain doesn't fully develop until the mid-20s. This controls impulse control and decision-making. Keep that information in your mind because yours is developed (laughs) when you're dealing with your kids. And three, even though our teens' bodies are going through some changes, attitude still needs to be addressed with a calm, loving conversation. Don't become a kid again and fight with them. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk?